All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 107 of Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, man, we had a break. We uh, we got to enjoy Thanksgiving, just recharging the batteries now for the the fantasy stretch run. How was your holiday and how's everything going, man? Uh, it's good. It's hard to believe it's been two weeks since we did this last. Um, Thanksgiving was good. I am definitely a little heavier now than before, and uh, it was well worth it, though. That is one of my favorite favorite times of the year. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I, I'm with you 100%, man. Um, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I know that's kind of sacrilegious. It's supposed to be Christmas or something like that. But, man, you just you get to hang out with family. There's way too much food. There's football on the TV. It's just it's, – it's a great time, man. I, I love it. So, uh, all right, man. Let's let's get into it. Let let's do this. I'm gonna switch up the order a little bit as, as opposed to what we normally do. So I don't forget about this uh, at the end of the show. Want to shout out uh, the fantasy timeline eliminator for fantasy cares. Uh, we're all we've all been in it this year. We've all been eliminated this year. But this isn't about us. This is about uh, the the two men that came. They, they tried to conquer, but unfortunately, it did not work out for them. So Larry Monkey at Larry Monkey and Jake Earl at the Jake Earl. By the way, I love putting the the right in, for, in front of it, the Jake Earl. Just got to let them know that you're the original. You're the only one. But unfortunately, you are the only Jake Earl that got eliminated. Uh, so sorry, fellas. Uh, you guys are out. Uh, but we appreciate you coming through, having a good time, and doing the uh, the fantasy cares eliminator with us. Uh, Ridley Truther, jumping in here. Welcome back, boys. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to see you back, Ridley. Uh, I can't wait. I want to do this thing. I want to get going. So we've had a couple of weeks to sit down and marinate on this, Drew. It is the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, Drew, why don't you start us off, man? What what was good about this last week? Mm. What was good is getting that Thursday win out of the way for the Bills and seeing Josh Allen and the boys in prime time. Uh, Josh Allen, 23 of 28. Uh, I know everybody thought he was such a big project. He'd never get there. And last year and this year, he's maintaining some of that completion percentage um, 300 all-purpose yards 260 throwing and four touchdowns uh, good to see him do it with the arm this week and not uh, not feel like he's got to take it on himself to run all over the place so that was a, a really nice end to a Thanksgiving holiday was to get home turn on that game and watch the bills handle some business yeah man uh that that was a hell of a game that was just a a beatdown on the uh, New Orleans Saints. It just, from beginning to end, uh, offense and defense, it was it was domination. I mean, we, we had seen the Bills the last couple of weeks. We were kind of wondering, ah, like, what's going on with them? Are, are they going to be able to, you know, to do it? What's, you know, and they came out and they said, 
Don't be alarmed. We're fine. We're back in this thing. And it's going to be fun because they have a couple games against the division leading New Orleans, or excuse me, New England Patriots. Sorry, got my uh, news mixed up there. But, uh, you know, I I feel good for the Patriots. It's been so long for them since they uh, since they've seen the division title. So I'm glad this this young upstart team has uh, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and have uh, have finally seen that light after many, many years of uh of not being there so uh good for them but a couple of matchups to uh to end the season that's i think both games are going to be really fun so i i'm excited to see that um my good was leonard four net 17 rushes for 100 yards and three rushing touchdowns then he just throws on seven receptions for 31 yards and a receiving touchdown. It, it's just, it's almost like you have to spin a wheel every week and figure out which running back is going to score way too many touchdowns. Two weeks ago, it was uh, JT. Uh, this week, it was Leonard Fournette. Um, man, it's it's amazing because we we looked at the Bucks and we thought the Bucks were going to be this open it up, you know, four wide, if you count Gronk, just throw it all over the yard, and that's what it was going to be. And A.B. gets hurt. Chris Godwin's dealing with some nagging stuff. Gronk is hurt. And they've just done this complete 180, and they've transformed themselves into this running attack that is led by Leonard Fournette. And... I mean, and they just, they're winning. Like, I mean, it would be one thing if they were, they were stinking it up, but they are winning. And whether you like Tom Brady or you don't like Tom Brady, he, he's flipped the script. You know, they just keep winning and it's going to be interesting to see once they get into the playoffs, what is going to, uh, what's going to happen. You know, does AB get healthy and come back? It looks like Gronk. And even though, Gronk didn't have any touchdowns. He had over 100 yards receiving. You know, do they switch back another 180 and go back to being the passing team for the playoffs, or do they just run you ragged with Kamara? It's going to be interesting, and I I can't wait to see it. Uh, Let me throw the bad in here. Uh, Cam Newton. Uh, A couple weeks ago, he said he's back. Yes, he is. He is back to being that quarterback that we slammed when he was in New England. Uh, not good. Uh, five for 21. That's um, – he didn't play double A. Uh, that's not That's not plate appearances. That is five completed passes in 21 attempts. For 92 yards and two interceptions – and you go, ah, maybe, maybe he did it on the ground. Maybe, you know, five yards rushing. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Cam, you're back. And you were back long enough to have P.J. Walker come back out and, and clean that game up because um, we didn't want to see it anymore. And it amazes me. I, I look at this team. I look at a team like the Denver Broncos. They both had opportunities to draft a Justin Fields or Mac Jones, and they didn't do it. 
they they both actually went with corners. Um, and you look at those teams and go, wow, those teams could be really good if only they had a quarterback. And they had the opportunity to get a quarterback. So it's going to be very interesting during this offseason. Both of those teams are, you know, we hear Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, you know, all these quarterbacks that might be available. It'll be interesting to see what happens with these teams and if they can finally bring that quarterback in to unlock offenses that are actually pretty well built besides the quarterback position. Um, talk to me about your bad, Drew. Yeah, my bad's not quite that bad, but uh, for all the hype he was starting to build, and I think he was changing some people's minds here the last few weeks, uh, Jalen Hurts stunk it up against the division rival Giants this week, and uh, you know it was uh, a rough, rough uh, few clips to watch there, but 14 to 31, so under 50%, 129 yards and three interceptions. Uh, unlike Cam, he did salvage a little bit of his day with, uh, I think, 70 or 80 rushing yards. But uh, I saw a lot of people online that were starting to come around and maybe thinking, you know, maybe this is his team next year. Uh, you know, ride this guy through the playoffs and, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, they always play tough in division. Uh, but it was uh, it was really hard to watch that. And a couple of my teams that uh, I needed him to at least be decent this week. Um didn't didn't come through, so that was that felt really bad. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, two weeks ago they had blown out. Um, forgetting the team now. Anyway, they they'd blown out somebody. They had put up forty points again, and we were like, "Oh man, their their schedule for the end of the season looks really good. They have the Giants. They have uh, the Washington Football Team." They have the Jets and, and one game against Dallas. Like, th- this is a team that can make the playoffs. And being a Dallas Cowboys fan and knowing what the NFC is like, I said, we might want to pump the brakes because as much as we may believe that the Eagles are better, well, they are better than the Giants. I, so I'll put that out there right now. <laughs> and how they may be better than the Washington football team. I said, those games are always tough. Those games always make you rip your hair out because the team that's supposed to win ends up not winning. And I have seen bad Washington football teams and bad giant teams keep my Dallas Cowboys out of the playoffs because we lost games to them at the end of the season, which we obviously should have won. So I said, I think we should pump the brakes. And a lot of people told me I was nuts. And I go, I get it. But, you know, and here comes loss number one to the Giants. Now, they follow up with the Jets, and I think, uh, you know, the Jets are a very bad team, so I think they win that game. They still have two against the Washington football team, who, by the way, they're on a run. They they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. They just pulled it out against Seattle on Monday night. This is a team that you can't overlook. I'm not saying they can't be beaten, because Philadelphia could definitely come in there, but I don't think I don't think Philly wins two against Washington. Yeah. They probably win one. They could also lose both. And I think if Jalen Hurts does not lead this team to the playoffs, I don't think he is the quarterback next season. And you can say that's fair or unfair. I'm not going to argue fairness or or not fair, but it this just kind of seems like. We had issues with Carson Wentz. We got him out. 
We don't have any real backup plan. We're going to put Jalen Hurts out there. And Jalen Hurts is a great at times. I don't want to sit here and slam him. But he's had games like this too. And if this ends up being a team that doesn't make the playoffs, I think they go in another direction. And it may not be just that quarterback. They may have a new general manager. There may be a lot of moving pieces that lead to a new quarterback coming to town. So it'll be interesting uh, to see what's going on. Drew, hit us with your ugly, man. Well, the ugly came from the aforementioned Seattle game. Uh, DK Metcalf, best player on on the Seahawks right now, uh, didn't get his first catch until the two-minute drill at the end. Four targets all game, one catch and 14 yards. Um, so I, I don't know if that's uh, – I don't put all that on him. I'm sure some of that is the, the play calling and, and whatever Russ was thinking there. But uh, I know a lot of people, depending on him, Monday night, this is my chance to – you know, make my comeback. Maybe I had, uh, maybe I played Leonard Fournette, but the rest of my team made up for it. And I just need a little bit of a, a boost on Monday night and, uh, definitely did not get it. Some, some disappointed people out, people out there in the Twitter verse. So, uh, I'm sorry if you had him, uh, it's been a, a rough year. I think Russ is just, he made a couple of, uh, really weird decisions, took a couple sacks that I don't think he would have ever taken before in his career. And, uh, just didn't, didn't really give, uh, give DK a chance to get much going. So, uh, feel bad for him, but that was uh, that was a tough game to watch for him. Yeah, it was interesting watching that game because obviously, I mean, apparently, according to what the timeline was supposed to be with his injury, he was supposed to he wasn't supposed to come back until this week, actually coming up. And he's been back for two games, and it looks like he looks like someone who came back too early from an injury and. I get it. We want all of our athletes to be tough and come back and fight through it. And But this is a finger on his throwing hand as a quarterback. It's kind of like that's maybe something you should uh, you should have 100% before you come back. And it's shown that it's not 100% right now. Uh, let's see what happens. Maybe this is the week that he was supposed to come back. Everything heals up the way it's supposed to, and he's back to rust. But it's a scary proposition, and a lot of people playing. If you're playing in redraft, you can probably get off of rust pretty easy. There's probably guys on your waiver wire that you can roll with. Dynasty, I think it's a little different. I don't know what your options are, you know, besides making a trade. And you know what you know you can't trade russ for anything near what his value should be because it's been bad and you're you know you're probably gonna have to get a what a a jimmy garoppolo a Derek carr something like that just to to fill in and like get you some semblance of point i mean it's bad right now if you're if you're in dynasty and you're a russ owner so uh T's and P's, uh, DK Metcalf owners, T's and P's for this week because uh, I, I didn't understand why DK Metcalf wasn't getting the ball. I mean, I, I have Tyler Lockett in one league that I'm contending in, so I, I love seeing the, the yardage totals. But, I mean, that guy's a monster. I don't know how you don't get him his – you don't get him a reception until – near the end of the fourth quarter of a, of a football game. I don't understand it, but 
maybe this week will be different. We'll try to put a positive spin on it. Um, my ugly was just the injuries. And they started so early. Thursday, we're sitting down on the couch. We we're, we just got to, to a family member's house. or Maybe the family members just started filing into our houses. And all right, it's, uh, it's Detroit versus Chicago. It's not, a, not the game we wanted, but it's the game we got. And Swift goes down. And we're like, oh, and he doesn't come back. Okay. Now today we hear, it looks like it's going to be a few weeks. And I think Detroit's doing the smart thing. I think they know their season is going nowhere this year. They're going to make sure Swift is 100% before they put him back out there, if they even put him back out there again this season. Um, they're doing the right thing for the long-term uh, future of their team. But we started with Swift. And then we got CMC, who's done for the season. We have Dalvin Cook, who looks like he's going to be gone for at least two weeks, possibly longer. I, I even heard someone today say they wouldn't be shocked if Dalvin Cook did not play again this season, just due to the fact that uh, shoulder dislocations can get nasty sometimes. And they are flirting with the last wild card spot, which I think the uh, the aforementioned Washington football team took from them with the win on uh, on Monday. So we'll see what happens there. You know, Debo gets hurt. His looks to be a little bit more minor. Maybe he misses a week. Maybe he misses two. But man, these injuries, and especially to the quarterback position, like if you if you've had one quarterback on your team that has just made it through, hasn't been hurt, <laughs> hasn't felt the pain. You've done pretty well. You've uh, because, I mean, from top to bottom, just about every first round caliber running back has been hurt. Uh, you know, now they're talking about maybe uh, lessening Zeke's role just to keep him healthy for the playoff run, which again is smart. You know, if you are, you know, Cowboys aren't a lock to get into the playoffs yet, but they they have a two game lead. Uh, they should be getting some of their receivers back. So hopefully that offense can uh, get back to doing what it was doing before uh, COVID and injuries. Um, you know, you want, you do want to rest those guys. You do want to make sure that, uh, that you're ready to go. But man, I mean, just the running backs have been all the zero RP, RB people have come out of the woodwork because they're like, look at all these, but, but it's happening to receivers too. I mean, we look at AJ Brown, we look at Debo, we look at um, Antonio Brown. We look at, you know, it's just like, we can go through that list too. Robert Woods and, you know, Rashad Bateman was a rookie that we were all pretty high on. It's just been everywhere this year. So whew, let's hope. That uh, the injury bug stays away from the NFL for the rest of the season and no more of our, our big studs get hurt. But before we go into the timeline, we got a question here from Ridley Truther. I want to I pick your brain about it, Drew. If you got Kamara on a contending team, but with injuries, you're out of it this season, are you just holding and riding until the wheels fall off? I don't know if he can be traded for another contending player. Well, this is interesting because you feel like your team is a contender, and we just talked about this. Injuries have plagued pretty much every position. So maybe you're, you know, you're a guy with AJ Brown hurt, with Robert Woods hurt. You know, maybe you have um, 
you have a bunch of running backs. You know, we were we were starting this early with Travis Etienne and J.K. Dobbins. Maybe you had those guys with Kamara. Um, I think it all depends on what you can get. Kamara looks like he's going to play on Thursday against uh, against Dallas. So if he does play and he has a big game, shop him to contenders. He's he's a guy that you may be able to get a lot out of because a lot of the experts say that he doesn't rely on his speed, it's contact balance, it's his efficiency. So a contender may say, oh, this is a guy that not only helps me this year, but helps me for a couple more years. But make sure if you're trading Kamara and you truly think you have a team that just wasn't in it this year because of injuries, if you're going to trade him, make sure you get a haul. Don't just trade him for a first-round pick and a second-round pick and and go on your way because that you're probably taking a loss on that. Mm-hmm. But if someone is willing to give you, let's say, J.K. Dobbins and a first, if someone is willing to give you, let's say, Elijah Mitchell first and something else, you know, Deals like that where you get a little bit younger at the position with guys that probably have some good insulated value on their team plus picks or plus another young player. Yeah, go for that. Get get that. But don't just give them up because somebody says, I got a first here for you. I'm like, cool. Like I can get a I can get a first for Kamara at any time. I I, I can do better. So I would keep them unless you get kind of a deal that knocks you off of your feet. Uh, what do you think about it, Drew? Yeah, I think I'm in that group who thinks he's got a couple of good years left, or a few good years even, um, based on his skill set and how they use him. Uh, I, I don't know that Taysom Hill is the long-term solution in, in New Orleans, so as limited as he might be right now, you know, he's a guy I, I'd be fishing for him if I was um, if I didn't have him on my team, whether I'm contending or not. If I thought I was a year out, maybe I think next year I, I could be really good if I had a, a solid running back and I don't want to take a shot at the draft because I don't know what 2022 holds, uh, I'd be interested to see what the current Kamara manager wants for him. Uh, Cause I think he could, he could play to 30, 31, 32 and be effective still. Uh, he may not be Darren Sproles or somebody like that. That'll give you a, you know, value long, long term or Danny Woodhead maybe, but he could be, he, he could have a couple more years of elite production where he's still an RB one. And then, you know, if, if the last two or three years of his career, he's a solid RB2, you could do a lot worse. He, he, I think his career could be as long as some of the guys that we draft this coming up, uh, draft in 2022. You know, he could be relevant as long as some of those guys that maybe we take in the first, second round, depending on how things turn out for them. So uh, I would be inclined to hold on to him. Um, there's a, a short list of guys. You know, Dobbins is a guy I'd be interested in seeing. If I can get Dobbins plus, sure. If it's Dobbins straight up, Again, I think they could probably, you know, they might match each other's production over the next four or five years. So, um, you know, maybe get an acres in a first or something like that if you want to take a risk on him coming back healthy. There's already videos of him working out now, so we'll get ahead of the hype there. Um, or, you know, turn him into a, maybe a, a younger wide receiver. You know, if you can get a waddle or somebody that seems to be turning on here and, you know, somebody needs a running back to make the push this year. You know, get a get get another player that has at least the same timeline, if not longer, for for a different position. But um, I'm with Josh that you you want to get good value still. Kamara is not a guy that's just going to 
have a, a, a cliff that he drops off of in his career here. Yeah, and New Orleans is actively trying to maximize his window as well. I mean, they traded for Mark Ingram. And, I, I mean, I, I, Alvin Kamara is that, is that type of guy, and that's not a slight on him. That's not an insult to him. But you don't want Kamara getting 20 rushes and five receptions a game. You You want him in those limited doses because – He's just so efficient and he's so good at what he does. And, you know, I don't know if Mark Ingram, what his contract looks like, but if he's there next year as well, he's going to stay. If not, I think New Orleans is going to try to get a guy like Mark Ingram. Just, you know, just that thunder and lightning, man. It's just, it's worked so well for New Orleans for such a long time that they're going to keep doing it. And I think that's just going to prolong Alvin Kamara's career as well. So yeah, keep them unless you get the, the good deal. And then at that point, I can't blame you. Uh, just let him go. But all right, Drew, let's do this thing, man. Let, let's, let's get onto the timeline, man. What did we see? What are we talking about? What are people talking about? And this first one is a big one. I think um, clinic cap at clinic cap. Uh, former guest on the show, uh, really cool dude. He's saying, where are you drafting CMC next season? Uh, As I said earlier, CMC went back on the injured reserve, which means he is gone for the rest of the season. And what do we do, Drew? I mean, it's been, we had all the ups and downs last year, mostly downs, not too many ups. And we had a lot of the same this year. A lot of ups and downs, but more downs than up. Is he still going to be RB1 off of the board? Mm-mm. 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 Where, where, where is he going? And you don't have to give me an exact spot, but give, give me a range. Uh, we're talking like season long next year? Let, let's talk Dynasty Startup. Dynasty? Well, okay. let, because I think Dynasty Startup will encompass mm. what we think about him for the mm. next three years. Mm. I don't think he goes in the first round next year. Um, I'm not taking him until, uh, you know, maybe if, maybe if I'm early in the first, I, I hope he falls to me maybe late in the second. Uh, but even then there's, there's enough young talent around. And after a guy's done this for a couple of years in a row at his position, uh, it's one thing to see, you know, Adrian Peterson go and, blow out his knee, be out for the season, then come back. You know, one injury, one season out, rebound. Uh, to have these on and again, off again, uh, that's just not a healthy relationship, Josh. You don't, you don't go and find a partner that you're on again and off again with unless, you know, you got some, some issues going on there. So I, I think any, any uh, healthy managers out there are going to realize you've got to wait quite a while to get the value. And I don't think other people will let you get the value that you should get in the draft for him. You know, ideally he'd be my RB two at the end of the third round or something like that. So where, where do you, where do you think he is going to get you? Like RB what we said, obviously it ain't going to be RB one. So uh, I think he'll be, Oh man, I can think of uh, plenty of guys that I would prefer to take a shot on in dynasty before him. Uh, I think a guy like him, Dalvin Cook, uh, they'll both drop into 
maybe the seven to ten range, eight to ten range, RB eight, RB nine, RB ten, somewhere in there. Uh, I mean, I I want J- Jonathan Taylor as my RB one. I want him first and foremost in any format, um, and then behind him. Gosh, I you know, I haven't even put together a, a list yet for next year, but you know I want guys like Swift again if he's there. I want guys like, um, you know Najee for the next couple of years. You know he's he's shown what he can do already, even though he's a little bit older. Um, I know I've got him missing a couple of others. You know I want Javante pretty early. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Um, so as a young guy that's got a really good burst, that could be a you know key player in his offense. And then, you know, then guys like, you know, I would, I would, I would debate mixing over CMC next year, you know, with what he's showing. If he ends this season healthy, um, you know, I, I'd probably want Eckler over him next year if he's healthy for the rest of the season. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see him going um, until closer to, to RB seven, eight, maybe for people that want to get a little bit, you know, they think they're getting the value there. Yeah, so it's interesting because uh, obviously we we just got into December. So I was on um, DLF ADP for for the month of November, and obviously this is you know mostly before the injury. You know, we found out I think yesterday. So pretty much the whole month he was fine. He was going RB five. So. That number, that number is going to take a nosedive. He's going to miss the last uh, five weeks of the regular season. And the narrative is going to be, whether you agree with it or you don't, the narrative is going to be two straight years, lots of injuries, lots of games missed. Yes, when he is in, he is a monster. He is elite. But what what is what if Sam Darnold is the quarterback again for the Carolina Panthers? And you can say to me, that sounds crazy, but they bypassed Justin Fields and Mac Jones for Sam Darnold. So we can't sit here and say it's impossible because we've seen it. We've seen, we've seen teams stick with bad quarterbacks because of loyalty, because of the investment they have. I mean, look at look at your backup quarterback there in Buffalo, Mitch Trubisky. Chicago stuck with them because they said we used the number two overall pick on them. Like we have to stick with them. We have to try to make this work. And not only did the Panthers give up draft capital to get Sam Darnold, but they guaranteed his his fifth year. So they're paying him, I think, like $25 million next year or something like that. Something crazy. So, I mean, they have things invested in Sam Darnold. So it's not insane to say they're just going to let him sit on the bench. They're going to draft somebody. They're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers. They're going to bring in Deshaun Jackson or, excuse me, Deshaun Watson. And that's, that's the end of the story. It may not happen. It may be Sam Darnold for one more year. And at that point, how do you how do you feel about Mm-mm. CMC? Probably feel even worse. So yeah, I don't. Uh, he's the type of guy, though, too, that I mean, he's he's had he's had up and down quarterbacks the whole time, and he, he's a special athlete. But uh, if you're trying, even you know, you have a longer season now, right? You have another game each year. You've got to account for. 
So, yeah, I, I just don't. For those first couple of rounds or so, you you want to feel really good about who you're putting in your roster. And uh, full disclosure, this is a guy that I think three years ago I spent the the 206 or something in a startup super flex on Baker Mayfield. So it's I've been there. I, I've been in that moment where this is my guy. Um, but I think we've seen enough out of CMC at this point that uh, I am more than willing to pass that risk on to the next person in my draft. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Um, if I if I can get some kind of crazy value on him, I'll take him. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I'll, I'll always take that value. But I, I think CMC is going to be one of those guys that even though we pretty much know what the narrative is going to be, we also know there's there's going to be that one guy in your draft that goes, nope, CMC is going to be that guy this year. Had a couple of bad years with the injuries. This is going to be his year, though. I'm taking him. I'm going to win this league. I got him at RB, let's just say seven, instead of maybe ADP makes him RB12, RB14, something like that. But he takes him at RB7 because he knows better. He knows that CMC is the running back that will buck the trend with all the injuries. He will have a healthy season, and he will take him to the promised land. And by the way, if he stays healthy for all 17 games, he will take you to the promised land because of where you get him plus what he will give you. It's practically a league winner, but you're betting on some long odds. I feel like at that point. So, you know, it is what it is that, that, but that's a good one. That's a good one. Cap. I mean, I I know I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be rushing to the podium to put in the uh, Christian McCaffrey card when I do uh, startups next year. I may draft them. I may have them in some leagues, but it's going to be because I got value on them, not because yeah. I, I beat everyone to the punch. So um, that that's a good one. Yeah, I feel like you said um, you said you, you feel like he's probably going to be like RB 10 to 12-ish. I, I'm a little bit lower. I think he's going to be RB 12 to 14-ish. So we're we're – Pretty similar. We're, we're, I'm a little bit lower, but not not crazy lower uh, than you are. But I think just knowing the way you draft, Drew, being in some leagues with you, and and knowing the way I draft, I don't think either one of us are going to have uh, very many startup Christian McCaffrey shares mm-hmm. next year. So, um, so good luck to the people who do take them. Uh, this next one is from Kine. I want to say at Rangers, please PLS win. Pick two. I'm assuming for this week, uh, Amari Cooper, Ceh, Van Jefferson, or Darnell Mooney. Um, I think if Cooper plays, uh, looks like he's been activated off of the COVID nineteen list, but he is questionable. Uh, if he does play, which I think he will. Um, it would be Cooper and Mooney. Uh, if for some reason the Cowboys decide he's not ready, the, the time off combined with whatever he had to deal with while he had COVID uh, is too much for him to play this Thursday, uh, I would go with CEH and Mooney. Uh, what are you thinking, Drew? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to pick Amari Cooper if he's playing. I mean, Dak had a stellar week last week as well. I thought about putting him in my good as well. So, um, 
you get a full compliment there. Uh, if anything, maybe they've got too much competition again in, in Dallas with Gallup back. So I could see, you know, shying away from that, but um, it's hard. The guy has got such a high ceiling, you know, three or four good plays and he could, he could win your week for you. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I agree. I'd go Cooper and Mooney. If, if Cooper is, is not a hundred percent, or maybe you just want to want to fade Dallas unless you've got Dak, um, uh, CEH would be the other one. That'd be my pivot as well. Uh, I think it should be a good game, hopefully a high-scoring game this week for the Chiefs. Should get enough opportunities, whether it's on the ground, a couple of dump-offs here or there. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Mooney has just been – he's been uh, hot lately, been getting open, been getting some good looks. Uh, looked like Fields was connecting with him for a little bit, and then, of course, Dalton has found him. So it seems like he's, he's good no matter which quarterback starts there. So uh, hard, hard to sit him. And, you know, Van Jeffries is just so boomer bust. I love the guy. I drafted him last year late, and I was real excited based on some of the things I read about him coming out. And, yeah, he's had a couple of those games this year that he's been really good. It's just so hard to decide which games are going to be him. You see OBJ catch his first deep pass to go for a score from Stafford. So you wonder if that's starting to heat up a little bit, and maybe he's getting uh, a second win for his career here. So, yeah, I think uh, you, can, you can flip a coin between CEH or Cooper, depending on what you like there. And then I feel like Mooney's a lock for me. Yeah, I, I, hot take here. I think, uh, I think Mooney may have uh, just absorbed uh, Allen Robinson's <laughs> uh, talent because we haven't seen Allen Robinson for the last couple of weeks due to injury. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we didn't see him the beginning part of the season mm-hmm. anyway. And all of a sudden, Darnell Mooney, since this injury, has just kind of turned into Allen Robinson a little bit. So I'm, you know, I'm not saying there's any, uh, any, <laughs> any shenanigans afoot, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I don't even know what to say about Allen Robinson. He makes me sad. Um, Tough. Let Let's move on to the next one, and I, I love these questions, uh, Kime. And uh, this next one from uh, City Messiah at City Messiah, both uh, they just responded to uh, the question tweet I put out every Wednesday. Uh, milk or cream in your coffee, City Messiah? I don't drink coffee, so it will be neither for me. Uh, Drew, I don't know if you're a coffee drinker, but if you are, is it uh, the milk or is it the sugar? I am a coffee drinker most of the year. Um it is definitely not milk unless I have to. Uh, and for me, it's usually half and half. So either creamer or half and half, but, uh, keep, keep the sugar with all the international delight and stuff to yourself. I'm, I'm good with just a little bit of a, a little bit of a extra fat in there. And, uh, I'll take the, the half and half with my coffee. There you go. So, uh, we, uh, I guess technically, uh, I guess technically you're your team cream, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. I'm team I don't drink coffee. So uh <laughs> yeah, you know, I understand it makes me strange, but I I don't drink this stuff. Um all right, so here's another one from from uh, our man. We talked about him in the chat a little bit earlier, put one of his questions up. And we got another one that he tweeted at us, really truther at CWC Wood One. Uh Member of the FTC, if you all know what the FTC is, the Fantasy Timeline Chat. Uh, if you want in, just hit just hit one of us up at our handles, uh, or Bill at Super Dupaflex. He's uh he's chilling in Miami, just relaxing this week. So uh, shout out to shout out to Bill. 
or just hit us up at Fantasy Timeline and just say, hey, I want in, and we'll put you in. It's a good time. A lot of good people, a lot of talking. People are always asking about trades, start sits, all kinds of stuff. It's a lot of fun. So if you want to get in on that, uh, just let us know. But he says, Schultz or Moreau on Sunday if Waller is out? So this is a two-parter, so we'll hit. let's hit the first part first. Mm. Uh, are we going with Schultz or Moreau if Waller doesn't play? Now, the problem with this question is Schultz plays on Thursday. So if you go Team Schultz, then unless you're going to slide Waller into a flex spot, this could get a little difficult for you. But – I don't want to. I don't want to influence Drew one way or the other. <laughs> um, if I knew somehow before the Thursday game that Waller was not going to play, I think I would go with Moreau. Um, he's been pretty good in the limited time he's been able to play without Darren Waller. It seems like that offense just runs through the tight end, no matter who is lined up at that spot. So. Um, if I knew Cooper was going to be out, I think I would switch it to Schultz. But if they have everybody back, it, you know, C.D. Lamb is on track to play after his concussion. Uh, it looks like, even though he's questionable, it looks like Cooper is going to play as well. Gallup is back. I just don't see where Schultz gets enough targets to be fantasy worthy. But if for some reason Cooper can't go, it's Schultz, but most likely it would be Moreau in this situation. What do you think, Drew? That's tough. Um, I like Schultz a lot. I think, uh, you know, he got bailed out. He got a touchdown called back because of a silly penalty. Then uh, he got bailed out with a late touchdown. They got him with a two point. So he salvaged his day. Uh, I'd have to look at his target count to see. But yeah, there's only so many targets to spread around there. So I, I, I get that. Um, yeah, if you had a crystal ball and knew that Waller was out, sure, Moreau could be a fine start. Um, looking back to last week, that offense ran through uh, one Hunter Renfro, uh, which was wild to see as well. I totally forgot about him for the good. Uh, I think he had a career high day on, on catches and yards there. So, uh, and, and Derek Carr has quietly compiled a, a very good season, a bunch of 300-yard games. Um, where it seems like there's enough to, to go around to a guy like Moreau. You know, Brian Edwards is not absorbing as many targets as maybe we had hoped he would. Uh, you have Deshaun Jackson who's getting a couple of his deep shots. But uh, like you said, Josh, I think there's plenty to go to Moreau as a tight end where, especially if you're in a tight end premium league, like some of these safe leagues and stuff, you know, four catches for 20 yards, even if they're all little <laughs> dump-offs or short, shallow crosses, all of a sudden you're looking at double digits easily. So... Um, if you knew it was going to happen for me, I, I would probably go with the guy that I've seen do it a little bit more consistently. And I, I I'd start Schultz and take the points on Thursday and, uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe Cooper, even if he plays a little bit limited or, you know, Gallup is still easing back in and stuff. So, um, n- knowing what we know now, I, I probably plug Schultz in myself, but I'm fully prepared to have Morrow score him on Sunday. So, yeah, I think, I think it was week six that Waller didn't play. And he went six for 60 with a touchdown. So, yeah, you know, he doesn't, he, he doesn't get out there a lot when Waller is out there. And that's for a very obvious reason. Uh, Darren Waller is very good at football. But when he can take the reins, I mean, we've seen it 
it was a get now i i will preface this by saying it was against philadelphia philadelphia is the worst team uh in fantasy against tight end so you know the matchup will will not be philadelphia again unfortunately for uh all of our foster moreau fans but um you know let's see it'll be interesting to to find out and obviously if uh if Cooper can't play, uh, I, I do think Schultz is is the guy. Hey, well, let's detour from the timeline a little bit. A little bit, excuse me. And we got a question here from Smokey the Cat Cat. What's up, guys? Do we play Pollard Thursday or wait on Henderson? And if out, play Sony. All right. First of all, I'm, pl- I'm playing to- Tony Pollard. I'm playing him. All day, every day, Thursday, Sunday, Saturday, Tuesday, whatever day he plays, I'm playing him. Um, it seems like the Cowboys, and, and we'll see if this is talk uh, this Thursday. We'll see if it's talk or if it's really going to happen where they want to they want to pull back from Zeke a little bit, uh, give him less touches, uh, let him rest, let him get healthy for a potential playoff push, or if it's just talk and Zeke is out there every damn snap blocking and and receiving and doing all the stuff that he does. But we've seen this season, even when Zeke is out there all the time, Tony Pollard can get his. Uh, Tony Pollard is explosive. We saw the 100-yard kickoff return on Thanksgiving against the Raiders. Um, We know he has that explosion in him. Uh, I would play him. Listen, I know a lot of people are on Sony. They they're saying if if Darrell Henderson gets hurt, uh, Sony can be that guy that that comes in and is a flex guy that can get you points. I'm not as high on Sony as I think the community is. Let's let's see what happens if he has to go out there as the starter with a full complement of snaps and let's see what he can do. He's been getting worked in and he's looked good, but it's been on a limited basis. It's been, you know, a little bit of time here, a little bit of time there. It's a lot different when you have to go out there and be the man, the starter and command those type of snaps. So um, I'm playing, I'm playing Tony Pollard on Thursday. And if Henderson plays, I'll try to figure out what I can do with my lineup to get Henderson in because I don't want to keep him out. But um, I'm definitely – I'm trying to play both Pollard and Henderson if I can. What about you, Drew? Yeah, I think uh, initially I, I would say Pollard pretty easily. I mean, you you break down I, – I don't know, what is it? The average uh, number of plays for an offense right now is like 65, 70 a game. Let's say it's on the low end, 65. Dak throws it 35, 40 times in the game. Maybe Pollard gets a couple of those targets. You know that leaves a little bit to to split between. If they're really scaling back on Zeke, then there's a lot of opportunity there for Pollard. Um, I agree. If you can get both Pollard and Henderson in, great. If you're just stacked at wide receiver and you're just trying to figure out who your RB two is here, um, I, I totally get waiting on Henderson. And you know the the Rams looked good, and yeah, I mean Sony could fall into the end zone pretty easily if if Henderson doesn't play, which I get that. But uh, touchdowns are hard to figure out, so. I'm looking for for guys that you know are a big piece, and uh, yeah, you know Pollard maybe didn't have as much in the regular run of play, but that that kickoff return, 
was a great example, a great reminder for, uh, you know, how electric he can be. So I, I would probably go with Pollard because uh, if, you, if you wait, I mean, you're basically saying you're okay with your floor this week being like two points. So, yeah. And uh, I was just looking up Tony Pollard's stats to see uh, what he's what he's been doing lately. Two out of the last three weeks, he's had at least 10 rush attempts and at least four targets. So we're talking about a 15 to 20-ish touch guy. And in an offense like that, if they do have their full complement of weapons back, even, even if he caps out at 15 touches, I mean, think, I mean, think about it. You know, you have to account for Cooper. You have to account for Lamb. Dalton Schultz can eat you in the middle of the field if you let him. You know, Zeke is still, you know, Zeke is on the field. You have to account for him. Tony Pollard is, what, the, the fifth guy? <laughs> the sixth guy, maybe, if you if you want to count Michael Gallup as well. Defenses just can't, they can't go that low down, down the totem pole and try to figure out how to, uh, how to account for that guy. So um, Tony Pollard, and especially if they decide to up him to more like 20 to 24 touches, we can, <laughs> you know, we give him yeah. more opportunities to break that one yeah. big play. And He's averaging that, over five yards a carry, almost nine yards per reception. So. I mean, if I was Dallas, I'd try to give him the ball more too. <laughs> I mean, good grief. I mean that that's their problem though. You you say I can say that so easily. Oh, I try to give him the ball mm-hmm. more, but who are you taking those touches away from? From Zeke, from Ceedee Lamb, from Amari Cooper? Uh, it's just there's only one ball, and it, it, it's a tough one. But uh, here's another one from from Smokey the Cat. Cat. Also, do we play Russell Taysom or Tua this week? Uh, Tua. Tua. Tua, uh, we don't have to go into it. We talked about Russell Wilson. It's been doo-doo. Taysom Hill, uh, okay. I mean, that team has been a dumpster fire the last three weeks. It hasn't been good in any respect. Um, I don't know if Taysom Hill has the ability to make it that much better. So go with Tua. Uh, He looked pretty good on Sunday and and get that win. Let's – Let's hit the next one here. The Dynasty Lefty at the Dynasty Lefty. So pre, pre-IR. So I'm assuming he means um, before. Oh, I think you – did you just write that in there, Drew? Yeah, this, this poll was up there uh, last, I think, Thursday or Friday. Okay, so this was before, uh, before he was uh, designated on the uh, injured reserve. Has your view of A.J. Brown changed? Needs 385 yards for his third straight 1,000-yard season, which at this point I don't think he is going to get because he is on the injured reserve. Um, But disappointing season for his standards. Where do you have him ranked in Dynasty? Uh, Top 5, top 10, top 15, and before I give the poll results, we'll go through this. Drew, you put this on here, so let's let's get your thoughts and opinions first. Is is he a top five guy, top ten, or top fifteen? My vote on here was top fifteen, and I, I've not been as high on him, at, you know, throughout his career as I think some other folks have been. 
Uh, and any injury doesn't change a whole lot for me. Uh, I still think he's a really talented guy, big play. Uh, I liked what they tried to do this year by getting Julio in the offense with him and trying to alleviate some of the, the pressure there. Uh, I think he's a very good receiver. I, I hope he gets healthy. I hope he gets right. I hope it's not uh, like a Todd Gurley thing where he's just got injuries that are going to be, you know, some of the physical limitations that'll just stop him from being really good at his craft. Um, but that said, there are, um, I, I would put him between 10 and 15. I, there are at least nine to 10 other wide receivers at this point that I would be more comfortable taking uh, and, and kind of building my team around uh, than him at this point uh, in dynasty. So even some of these older guys, um, you know, guys like McLaurin, uh, I'd like to have before him at this point, I think. And, you know, you push down a little bit older there. Um, you know, Chase Jefferson, uh, DK is moved is, is ahead of him for me, even even with Russ's struggles. Um, Lamb is up there in the top three for me still. You know, Diggs, Tyreek. Uh, I'd still rather have Hopkins than AJ Brown. I think on my team. Um, yeah, so I, I think he's between between eleven and fifteen for me. Yeah, I think for me he's in that top ten. But I think, I think a couple of weeks ago I would have said he was still in the top five, even with kind of the, the struggles of this year. But man, this injury stuff is really, you know, and I, I hate the example that gets brought up with uh, Keenan Allen. Well, everybody said Keenan Allen was injury prone, and you know, look what happened. But we have to look more into what it was with Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, he had like a lacerated spleen one year. It was like totally unrelated injuries. We're seeing the same thing from A.J. Brown. We're, we're seeing these, these soft tissue injuries, leg injuries. I mean, it's not like he had, you know, an ankle injury and then he had a shoulder injury and then he had, you know, a lacerated, you know, spleen. Uh, they're pretty, pretty much all in the same place. They're all the same type of injury. And that scares me. But don't get me wrong. He's so talented. He's so good when he is on the field. It's just like, you just look at him and you're like, this this guy is very, very good at what he does. But it's it's scary to me, man. It scares me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I think top 10, but I think he is starting to. I think he's starting to creep towards that lower end of the top 10. So that is, that is my opinion on that. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think of like all the receivers I'm trying to go through my head. I mean, you're going to have your, you know, I think the older guys are still going to play a big part in that top 10. I mean, I think Devontae Adams, unless, you know, a, a tragic injury hits, is going to be in that top 10. You're going to have um, you're, you're going to have Tyreek Hill in there. You're going to have Jamar Chase is is probably in there in that top 10 now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to. So you can just go yeah, through. You got Diggs, McLaurin. You said DK earlier. I mean, yeah. All of a sudden, we're just CD Lamb is going to be probably in that top 10. So we just keep talking and we just keep coming up with more. You know, if um, 
if Calvin Ridley decides to play this year and he has a couple of good games to end the season, he's probably going to be back in that mm-hmm. top 10. And, and we could just, we could look around the league and go, Oh, that guy, that guy. I mean, Cooper cup is going to be in the top 10 based on what he did this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're, yep. we're just like ping ponging yeah. names and we're not like, we're not looking at a list. We're not, you know, we don't have rankings in front of us that say who are these guys, but just off the top of our heads, we're just like, and Bill says it all the time. There's a hundred receivers. I mean, you can go, you can look to any corner and just go, oh, there's a good wide receiver. Oh, there, there's a good wide receiver. Oh, got another one over there. Like, you know, it, it's just, um, I think it's going to be, I've, I don't think A.J. Brown will make it into that top five. I mean, a guy like mm-hmm. Debo is probably going to be in the top 10. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just keep talking and I just keep coming yeah. up with names. I want Deontay before I want A.J. Brown at this point. So so there you go. Like, you're a person who said, I want Deontay. I want that guy. And, I mean, I can, ar- I can argue it, but I can't. I can't call you crazy. I can't say that that's a bad take because Deont- Deontay plays every game. Like we talk about like, Oh, he had the drops last year. I don't think he has a drop this year. Mm-mm. Like, and he's playing with Ben Roethlisberger who th- the name has a lot of history and a lot of, but the man playing this year, he's not good. He's not He's pro- he probably is done after this year. He probably retires. He goes and lives on a farm or wherever he lives, and he enjoys the millions of dollars that he's made throughout his NFL career. But he's not good. And we're still talking about, you know, coming into this year, Ryan Tannehill was the man. He was like, like we put all, you know, the side-by-sides with him and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh, and Ryan Tannehill is better at this stuff, you know. And we still, and it's not that he's not good when he's on the field. It's just that he's not on the field. So what do, you know, what do we do in this situation? Do we just go, no, okay, fine, whatever. Or do we say, listen, I mean, somebody, somebody might hit on this lottery ticket, but I don't want to spend a couple of bucks to try to see if I can win the jackpot. I'm just going to, I'm going to stay out of it. Uh, you know, I found a $5 bill on the floor and I'm just going to put it in my pocket and put it towards something I actually want and not a lottery ticket that might get me absolutely nothing. So um, re- that that was a real interesting one. And the, the poll results, top five, 25%. So one out of every four people think that A.J. Brown will be a top five guy. and. Or they have him ranked, I should say, they have him ranked as a top five guy in Dynasty. Which is, it might, it might be the CMC thing that we spoke about earlier. Like, Remember, this is, this is last week too. So I, I'm guessing that today these would be a little bit different. But it was last week, but we can't sit here and act like A.J. Brown was lighting the league on fire True. before being on injured reserve. I think he was having a good season, but I think a lot of the the talk was he's always he's always on the injury report. He's always questionable. He's always may not play, and it's 
I think there's a lot to say, especially with with us as as players, as fantasy players. God, we just want that guy that's that. There are no letters next to his name. He is clear. There is no questionable. There is no doubtful. There's no out. It's just clear next to his name. And we go, okay, I know that guy is fully healthy. Uh, A guy like, I'll go back to your Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs. That man's name is always clear. I I don't have to worry about a Q or an O next to his name. He's there every week for me. He can, he can play for me every week. I don't have to go, well, all right, I, I set my lineup Saturday night, but let me keep my eyes glued on my phone and on TV to make sure that that cue doesn't turn into an oh. And, you know, and those are the kind of things that we, that, that, that is a little bit of an added value, I guess, to a player when you don't have to have those kind of worries. Um, so, so that, I think, I think that does account for, for a lot, but top five, 25%, top 10 were, where I put them, uh, 49%. So it looks like the majority in this poll has him in that top 10 range. And then top 15, where you had him drew 26%. So, uh, top, it's interesting. Top five and top 15 are pretty much even. And then everything else flows into that top 10. So it'll be very interesting to see. I I can't wait till uh, DLF has December ADP. And we can talk again about where does Mm -hmm. CMC end up? Where does, does, uh, excuse me, AJ Brown end up? And we can really talk about it and see what people are thinking now that we see these injuries and we see what's going on. All right, we got time for one more. This is from Mike McGregor at... Mike Mac FF. Back in the beginning of August, I traded Miles Sanders, Miles Gaskin, and a 2021 first. I'm assuming he mean, he meant a 2022 first. Well, maybe they just did their rookie draft late. They could have. They could have done their draft late um, for JT, and I thought it was an overpay at the time. Um, Mike Mac. I think you had a lot of faith in Miles Sanders and, and Miles Gaskin because even I think back in August, I don't think that would have been an overpay. But I I, I get because I do remember the narratives of, well, he just beat up on bad competition to end 2020, and maybe he's not really that dude. Maybe he's just a guy that can beat up on good matchups. I do remember that narrative. So I can I can see how you said you know might have been an overpay at the time, but man, it's not an overpay now and. Uh, the dynasty nerds, they, they use this saying all the time. And, and I love it because it's so true. An overpay now could be an underpay later. And if you identify a guy, if you identify a JT, if you identify even a guy, I think who, who was going to be really good next year, JK Dobbins. If you identify him now on the injury and you pay more than what his value now is and he blows up like i think he's gonna blow up it's an underpay because now imagine you have miles sanders miles gaskin and we'll even call a 2023 first round pick because those things are are already worth their weight in gold 
and you offer that to someone for JT, uh, they're probably going to laugh in your face, say something insulting about your mother, and tell you to never offer them a trade again. And August, I mean, August feels like years ago, but August was just a few short months ago. And now that deal looks ridiculous. You know, you you wouldn't even attempt to send someone that offer because you would look at it and go, this person is going to is going to curse me out if. If I send them this probably be the fastest reject you ever see, you probably actually won't even click the button to send it and you'll see the rejection email come in because that's how fast it will be. So, you know, identify your guys like I, I said. The day, I shouldn't say the day after, I think it was the week after the NFL draft two years ago, I said in two to three years, CeeDee Lamb is going to be a top three dynasty wide receiver. I said that because that, that's what I truly believed in that offense with the other players that they had around. And next year, CeeDee Lamb has a shot of being a top three wide receiver. He may not be, he might be top five, but... He's going to be in that upper echelon of dynasty wide receivers. That's why I got him in as many places as I could. And some people, some people like them just as much as me. And they, they weren't going to give him up without, you know, even at that time, they weren't going to give him up without, you know, getting a King's ransom. But I got him in a lot of places because I identified that early. And listen, sometimes it blows up in your face. Another guy I love, Brian Edwards. Got him in a lot of places, too. Not working out so well. But, you know, when you get those hits, when you get those C.D. Lamb-type hits, it just puts your team in at another level because you're identifying these things early and you're capitalizing really probably when value is, like, the lowest. Like, JT's value was probably the lowest right after the season. Just because even though he had dominated, we had said, oh, he just beat up on bad teams. Um, what, what, do you think of, what do you think about Mike Mack's trade here, about just, just the, the larceny he pulled off? Man, he did good. He did good. And again, depending on the league format, uh, the only thing that I could think of right now, you know, what if that was truly a 20, 21 first and, you know, maybe it was Najee. I'd still want JT. It was Jamar Chase. That's where it gets a little bit more interesting for me, you know, to want Chase. And the the miles and miles, like, I, I couldn't care less about those two. Uh, but for a long-term, you know, top-end asset is position, uh, you know, maybe that 2021 first. I, I hope whoever got this trade and gave JT up, I hope you at least got Jamar Chase as your consolation prize. Because if you got anybody else in that first round, you're kicking yourself. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, maybe if maybe maybe if this is a tight end premium and you got Kyle Pitts, maybe maybe you you feel okay with it. But God, JT is that dude, man. I mean, it, in non super flex leagues and one QB leagues, he's gonna be the one hundred and one. I mean, barring a a, a terrible injury, and I even hate saying it, but we have to bring it up. 
barring something like that, he's going to be the one on one. Yeah, next couple seasons. And, and the funny thing is, I don't know if there is a guy in a dynasty startup that you go, that guy could compete with JT for one on one. He's he's kind of assumed the Christian McCaffrey mantle of here's the one on one. You can fight for whatever's left at 102 because then you can probably bring a lot of guys' names up at, at 102 that you go, oh, I can see taking this guy, I can see taking that guy, blah, blah, blah. But at 101, it, it, it's it's JT. J, and even in Superflex, JT is going to be the first mm-hmm. non-quarterback taken. Yep. Unless you're, you know, maybe you're playing in a two-tight end league or a 2.0. It be so skewed. So yeah, something like that, or or uh, a two tight end premium, or something like that, where maybe a tight end goes. But it, it, I mean, besides besides leagues like that that are a little bit more maybe extreme, it is JT all day. <laughs> JT all. Well day. done, sir. Well uh, done. So uh, that that's that's it from us. Drew, uh, I feel like we we did good. We we had the layoff. Uh, we weren't in trip to fan comas, so we uh, we were not sluggish. We were we were hitting them. Um, it, glad to be back, man. Glad to glad so to good. See, see you again. Glad to see the chat again. And I want to thank everybody that was in the chat, man. I say it every week when the chat is popping. It just makes the show more fun. I love answering these questions because we don't get time to plan answers. You know, the stuff on the show sheet, we can we can look into stats if we want to. We can look into trades and ADP and all that kind of stuff. But in the chat, you're getting our honest kind of first come, first serve view at it. And we tell you what we really think. So uh, thank you guys. Uh, to everyone in the chat and everybody that's watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the bell, uh, subscribe, do all that stuff so you know when we come on so that we can talk with y'all, y'all can talk with us, and we can just it can just be a lot of fun. Um, if you're listening, if you're doing a podcast thing, appreciate it. People's schedules are crazy. Sometimes 9 o'clock on a Wednesday just doesn't work. You hit us the next morning, the next day, whenever. Uh, just make sure whatever podcast directory you use, rate rate us if you just kind of tripped on us and you're not subscribed hit that subscribe button because uh that's important to us and also uh hit us up with a review because those are so important they get us out in front of more people and that's what we want to do we want to talk to as many people as possible and uh and have have fun doing this with as many people as possible so drew a man We are out of here. Late.